don't be your own stopper. Just um, if you've got an idea, if you've got a goal, don't let anyone get in the way of that, including yourself, because I find that a lot of a lot of the times it's us who make the excuses. And I know because I've done it a million times before and I I wouldn't turn up to an audition because I was too scared of the rejection or but Mm. it's even if it's a complete failure yeah it's an opportunity to grow and to learn have a go yeah give it a crack yeah (laughs) (laughs) my guest today is sylvia colliker a professional opera singer and actress TV host of Cook Like an Italian and author of five best-selling Italian cookbooks and a mother of three very beautiful kids. There is absolutely no doubt that Sylvia knows pretty much everything about Italian cuisine and is as authentic as they come. Sylvia was born and bred in Milan. She started her career in acting and singing, which was where she met her husband Richard Roxburgh who is also an iconic Australian actor, before she moved to Sydney, Australia to start her family and continue her career. Sylvia's food is all about honest, traditional and no-fast Italian home cooking. She shares her love of Italian food and recipes passed down to her through generations from her grandmother and mother and shares them through her cookbooks and show on SBS Food, Cook Like an Italian. I'm looking forward to chatting to Sylvia about her journey with food, as well as her love for singing and acting. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, she might belt out a tune or two for us. So Sylvia, thank you so much for joining me in studio today. I'm really, really excited to talk about you know, we have so much to bond about on food. I think every time we 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 get together, we just talk about food. And I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, but from memory, I met you the first time at the SBS Upfronts. Um, yes. How long ago was that now? Two, three, three years, years ago? ago. Three years ago. Yeah. Pre-COVID. <laughs> Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. <laughs> yes. When we could have when events. We could, when we could when have fun. Zoom was um, not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and we instantly kicked off and we had, you know, we went to um, Parliament House. Oh, my God. And I remember the first thing we, <laughs> we did was. We got everybody drunk on tequila. <laughs> <We> got, <laughs> the first thing we did was, let's go. Let's have some tequila shots. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, babe, you're my girl. <laughs> Take the edge off. <laughs> so, you know, obviously you love food, but I want to start off from the whole thing about you getting into music and acting. Oh, um, yeah, that thing. So I want to, <laughs> that thing, that yeah. thing. So let's talk about, you grew up in Milan, a very Italian upbringing, obviously. You do obviously speak Italian. You uh, live, breathe and eat it every day and you moved to Australia. But before all that, I want to know where you started your career. Um, well, yeah, I, I was born and I grew up in Milan and in the the household couldn't have been more Italian because yeah. it, it's not like we had we were like, you know, half French or half Spanish or <laughs> there was like anything in between. We were like so... Italian and, and there's a there's a big southern Italian contingent in 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 my family as well so I was born in Milan but um, my mom is from Abruzzo which is central Abruzzo? yeah mm. central south Italy just three hours east of Rome from on the other side on the Adriatic side and that's 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 a really incredible kind of uh, lost in its own bubble country 
um, region, I should say, where there's a particular language spoken, which is as harsh as the Marsican bears uh-huh. that populate those mountains. But it's a beautiful language, and and the food very much. What do you call that language? Abruzzese. Abruzzese. So mm. Italy is divided into so many regions and every region has got its own dialect. And some dialects are just a variation on the Italian language that you can get by understanding even if you don't speak the, the, the actual dialect because it's just, it's more like an accent where some regions like Abruzzo, Sard- Sardinia, Sicily, it's our language. It's a proper language. It's a proper language. And it's it's hilarious because I grew up in Milan and obviously my nonno and nonna who were from that region had migrated to Milan when their daughters were young. and But they just kept on speaking dialects. So I grew up with that dialect spoken in the family. And when nonno and nonna were fighting, it was just dialect. <laughs> but it was like this really strange thing because my nonna, she used to listen to radio plays. Yeah. And so she spoke dialect mostly, but then she would she could quote Chekhov and Pirandello, yeah. and and it was like this really incredible uh, open mind from a woman that came from a very close-minded culture. Um, and so I think this this kind of uh, dichotomy was was present in my life from from very early on. I, I you know I grew up uh, Catholic uh, and um, same and, <laughs> yeah and 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 the certain things that a good Catholic girl yep. does and and um, oh gosh I remember um, I remember like Sunday school. Did you go to Sunday school? I didn't have to go to Sunday school, but I it, the equivalent in Italy in uh-huh. Italy is called catechismo. Ca- catechism. Catechism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and we we used to do it after school uh-huh. in the afternoon. So oh know. gosh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so school, uh, Sunday was church day, but yeah, yeah. Look, I um, I have since loosened up a bit, with the, with, especially with the sense of guilt that came with that kind mm. of upbringing, um, and uh, reconciled with you know. Being a sinner, it's fine. It's, it's okay. Just be a good absolutely. person. Uh, we don't Just have go, to be go, perfect. go to yeah. confession and do your penance. <laughs> yeah. Or not. Or not. Or have, is or have a glass of wine. <laughs> True. <laughs> and all your sins will be washed away. Just be a good person and don't worry about being perfect. <laughs> absolutely. And so I obviously I grew up speaking, yeah. speaking Italian. It's my first language. So did you speak English at all when you grew up in Italy? No. no. no, no Which no, I find no, really no. fascinating because you've, you know, you've learned and picked up English so quickly but that's your story as well I don't imagine you would have no no I grew up you know I grew up speaking English but it was never it was it was not as a first language no it was it was yeah because because in Malaysia (laughs) well in Malaysia (laughs) all right yeah in Malaysia it's interesting one because a lot of people say oh do you speak like Malay or Bahasa we do and that's regarded as our first language but because mom and dad grew up in the like British when the British colonized oh okay. so that's why they spoke English and and that's why we we do as kids right. um yeah anyway back to differ. me yeah <laughs> back to you <laughs> um yeah so no no English is 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 a language I picked up later I mean I was always interested my my mum used to teach English to primary school ah. kids so I mean I, I suppose I had an early exposure to yeah. the language in the, the sense that mum yeah. would teach me English in the same way she would teach primary school Mm-hmm. Um, kids that were her students but then she just really was very determined to get my brother my sister and I uh, quite fluent at the language so she she used to send us to host families uh-huh. in London during the summer months 
So you just go live with and them. We do summer school in <gasps> London. So I think I think I started doing that when I was about ten, at nine. Actually, I had my tenth birthday there. Yeah. And of course, you know, you 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 start picking it up. Yeah. And it was only you know maybe a month every year. Or so it wasn't enough to become bilingual all of a sudden. But yeah, it was definitely a decent enough exposure. And then I I married and. and i've been here for yes of course for a a bit now yeah 11 years and and when you went into because after what after school did you go straight to did you go to acting school yes i did so so I, i first went to acting school and it was a drama school that the voice teacher suggested i should probably find a a singing teacher outside of the school that, that um that could just help me develop what a appear to be like a, a good voice mm-hmm. and I've always loved singing and I was the annoying child that would you know sing at Christmas mm-hmm. um, family gatherings with my cousin <laughs> thinking we were Christmas carols <laughs> yeah love it <laughs> turns out we weren't amazing we probably were cute but <laughs> also that's that, yeah that wears thin after a while and um, <laughs> anyway so um, I then all of a sudden with zero musical training yeah in any other instrument, I just decided, I know what, I'll start to learn opera. Yeah. Just just out of the blue. Did something draw you like, I mean. It's dramatic and it's loud. I remember having this singing teacher and and we were doing like more pop singing and uh sort of music Uh theatre kind of repertoire, which I loved. And I did then end end up performing in in lots of music theatre shows in Italy. But it, it was the scope that opera singing, you know, uh, comprised that was just so appealing. But I had no education, no yeah. idea what it entailed. And, you know, back then I thought you just open your mouth and you sing opera because you're blessed by some can, God. Can you do me a 10 second? Ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know you would say. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh man! <laughs> How to put okay. you on a spot? Okay, let, let, okay. I, okay. To, I won't I look. I won't back look. a little bit. Okay. Because, okay. Um, oh, you blow my eardrums yeah, off. <laughs> it's just loud, and the microphone okay. might destroy it. Okay. Loud, oh my god, I love that. She, uh, for those listening, she was about a meter away from the microphone. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just thought I'll just open my mouth and magically some oh operatic tunes That's will amazing. Yeah, no, turns out you have to learn music and you have to, you know. So I went to then I enrolled then in you, music yeah. school and I had to learn yeah. to read, write, and understand patterns that I thought I had left behind. Like, you know, math was my. Main, yeah, in, in, really? in school, no. no. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, music is all about yeah. that. Actually, it's all about. And you had obviously patterns that are obviously, mathematical. Yeah, and you had a and you had that innate gift and passion. And look, I did have decent chords, and that's yeah. something that you're born with. It's not the thing is, people sometimes will say to me, "Oh, you're so talented," mm. but the truth is that I am not. I am skilled. No, but that's not me being humble. Yeah. It's just, it, I think it, there's a difference because yes. going to music school and going to drama school, yeah. I have been around naturally talented yeah. people that don't have to do anything. Yes. And they're bloody amazing yeah. and annoying for yeah. that reason, but also mesmerizing. <laughs> but it's like, oh, Because God. they already have the... They just have the gift, yes, I suppose, which is the, you know, the X factor, whatever. 
they're blessed and they've got the the natural mm. vocal cords but they also have like this they're in tune with the body's natural they know how to produce the sound i was not that kind of performer i had to learn skills and just and i was so adamant to do it yeah and so i just I just yes studied a lot because I realized that I really loved it and I kind of really loved the the nerdy element of learning music yeah um which I still do whenever I'm I'm in front of a new score I first panic because uh-huh. I'm like I can't do this uh-huh. there's no way I can uh-huh. sing this or understand this and then I you know as you do you break it down <laughs> bar by bar you go like oh maybe I can do this and then you go note by note and then you discover the patterns and it's quite it's quite a, it's quite you know it's a language so for people that speak more than one language it's always interesting to discover those patterns mm-hmm. where you can feel like i get this yeah you get the safety yeah, yeah you can pick something up quite quickly oh yeah i think so but did, did I, I opera come it. before acting or acting no acting acting, acting came, before, came first and then my uh, a, a teacher at, at drama school suggested so, yes and then and then i ended up studying you know opera singing for five years yeah um and tell me some of the the most amazing experiences or places that you have sung at like oh. you've obviously done um, you've done lots of Italy, yeah, um, and, in Italy, and London the as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The theatres in Italy are extraordinary. They're I like this really old, incredible, you know, two thousand seat oh theatres that have been there for just like extravagant centuries. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, baroque, or, oh. you know, just exquisite. Um, but you know, as a Twenty-year-old, you just don't appreciate the fact that you're yeah. singing at the Rossini Theatre in Parma or something, and you're just like, "Oh, I have to do another show tonight." It's like, "Oh my god, I want to go back in time." And what would I say to my younger yeah. self? Shut up. Yeah, and just do the thing. But aren't you glad you did it though? <laughs> yeah, you know I'm so mean? I'm so glad I did it. And then I, you know, the London Palladium, yeah, Palladium was just yeah, it's a bit iconic. I mean, you just walk in there and you look at the pictures of all the people that have sung there and you go like, again, what am I doing here? Oh, someone's going to kick me out. <laughs> um, it's just, and what it, about um, Australia? In Australia, yeah. Because well, you're starting back again too. Yeah, 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 yeah. The most beautiful place where I've sung in Australia is the Art Gallery of New South mm. Wales. Uh, a few years ago, we did a production of Gluck's Orfeo which is a, a, a Baroque opera. It's a beautiful love story. And it was set within the chambers of the art gallery. And it was like a promenade style opera where the audience was walking around with the performers. And oh, the sound would have been really amazing. unique. The sound was beautiful. But I think the fact that we were not, because, you know, mostly you go to the theater, you go to the opera yep. and there's the stage and there's the audience and there's a separation. It's them and us mm-hmm. where with that show, them and us were together. And so we were all part of this thing. And all of a sudden the person standing in front of you starts singing opera and then there's dancers. And, and I think the first five, 10 minutes, people was slightly taken aback going like, are we going to sit down? <laughs> but then they just went with it. And, yeah. and, and it's good that that opera in particular, it's not very long. Yeah. It's and like, it, so it's, one like, hour, it's kind minutes. of like a mo- more modern take on opera. I think so. Um, yeah, and I mean tonight, uh, the tonight. I, mean, I don't know if this is probably not relevant for, but uh, there's the the new Pinchgut 
production of Plate is opening. And, and I love those productions by that company because they are not what you expect mm-hmm. from opera. Mm-hmm. They're always a bit outrageous. Yep. And, um, and so I, I, I do like that really old um, uh, type of, yeah. of, of music and expression to be then realized in a completely modern yeah. and uh, unexpected way. Do you think opera is a dying art or do you think it's got a resurgence because of this? Look, I think that it has, it will never die Mm -mm. because it is the most joyful Mm -hmm. expression. Mm -hmm. Um, Singers that sing opera love it and hate it at the same time. They hate it because it's all consuming and it, it can be heartbreaking as well because obviously it's a very difficult career to sustain and in case in point I have had to have a billion other things on the go because I (laughs) could never pay my rent just doing that um but when you do do it Mm. there's nothing quite as elating as um and it's I think it's also the vibration in your body as Mm. you sing they they just release all the endorphins you whenever you're rehearsing you you just feel happy yeah yeah so that's a that's a beautiful thing, um, but yes, it's not just something that I woke up one day and I'm like, well, I did wake up one day and say, I know, I'll sing I opera. Wanna, yeah. But then <laughs> cut to you know five years later at the end of the course that I had to yeah. take. So so then it was in Milan that you met uh, Richard. No, no, no. Then I I was uh, at that point, mm. um, and I was in my twenties. I you know I was working as a as I was. I was doing some opera and musical theatre work and I was trying to get into just acting, straight acting because uh, ultimately that was my, my... That was your goal. My, my goal and my my training from the yeah. beginning. That was meant to be your career. Yeah, and, and then I got like sidetracked by music. Sidetracked, drifted, um, you know, a yeah. little, little bit and, of a testing And it's out. not like the two mm. things don't... I mean, you, it's best to yeah. be an actor if you mm-hmm. are a music theatre performer mm. or an opera performer. So then I I was doing some plays and then my agent sent me for this audition for and for this really mysterious project and he said just go I don't really know I don't really know much about it but it's something Dracula I'm yeah. like I love Dracula <laughs> I'm going Anyway I did this mysterious audition <laughs> with this English casting director that uh, flew into Rome to audition some Italian actresses and a couple of weeks later, I am flown to London to meet with the director. And I re- and that was the time when The Mummy and The Mummy Returns had been released. Oh, the first one? The two mummies. And it's the director of those two oh, movies cool. um, that is standing in front of me. And I'm like, oh, this might be a big deal of a yeah. project. It's yeah. not just like some Dracula thing. And it's... And I auditioned and I got the role of Dracula's Bride and and the film was Van Helsing, and oh, cool. which also starred Hugh Jackman, yes. uh, Kate Beckinsale and Richard Roxburgh, who played Dracula, whom I set to on the very first who day. Who is now of, your husband. Well, now my <laughs> husband. But what I said to him when I first met him, first day, read through, and I walk up to him and I say, I'm your Italian wife <laughs> because he had three brides in the movie. Oh, right. Him. Yeah. So he he, cho- so, he chose the right one then. <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah I was the available one. But yes, definitely <laughs> the right one. 
<laughs> we've married since 2004. Oh, my gosh. We're going steady. Um, so, yeah. And um, and was that what brought you to Australia? Yeah, because, well, the movie was shot part in London. Prague and part uh-huh. in LA. And then we moved to London and... and um, and we used to come to Australia. Well, Richard, you know, would, yep. would go if he had work and then we'd come for Christmas. You know, mm. we didn't have Family. kids. It was yep. like, you know, let's do six months in Europe and six months in Australia. Like, you know, Honeymoon. Those, yeah, yeah. Those annoying couples that do uh. that. We were that couple. And then uh, and then we started having babies and then the GFC hit yeah. England really bad. And then we decided to move to Australia and that was 2009. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, now we have three babies and mm-hmm. a dog. Uh, four and, babies. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. Next, but, <laughs> yeah. The dog very much thinks she's uh. a human baby too. And, um, yeah. And when you, you know, when you moved to Australia, obviously that was, um, you know, qu- was it quite a change for you? Yes. It was? It was because although I was familiar with being here because I'd been here before mm. on holidays and even like extended periods, but never thinking it'd be permanent. Mm-hmm. Um, being here permanently, all of a sudden I realized how far away I was yeah. from my family. Yeah. Yeah, it it just. I felt mean, you wouldn't have seen Mum now for. Now I haven't seen her for two, two, two years. Two yeah. years, yeah. yeah, same, same. Yeah. I know. It's, uh, but you know, um, it is tough. It it was tough, and then having you know having babies and not having my immediate mm. family here, um, and that was one thing. And then the other thing was rebuilding my connections here, yeah. like from scratch. Mm. But as an adult, um, making friends that are not just chit chat friends mm-hmm. like our friends friends yeah people real that friends you love trust. and trust and that reciprocate that and obviously that took time and, yeah. and, and and effort but i i have got a lot of beautiful yeah. people that i love in my yeah, life since, now um, yeah. yeah so i'm very happy yeah i think that sort of happens when you sort of move and you create new friendships and I, at the end of the day you are a beautiful person so you attract the right energy as well and that's a testament to who you are and you and Richard both have a beautiful family now I want to know Sylvia like when you 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 came to Australia you moved here with Richard and you have a beautiful family that you've created here was it because you missed Italy that you kind of like decided how did you get into food like what was that turning point because you know you're classically trained as a an opera singer and you did professional acting back in Europe coming to Australia how do you transition and how did you have that turning point to go into food and then now you host your own show on SBS food you you do a lot in food you are very iconic in the Australian food space yeah I want to know how did that happen it, I think I think what you've said mm. just then about missing home and yeah. and needing to have a flavor yeah. of it here was probably what inspired it. But obviously, I, n- I would have never predicted that then it would it would snowball um, effect into like something into quite a career. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, I remember when my second child Miro, when he was born. And he was a very placid baby and Rafi used to go to daycare a few days a week and I had just had a lot of time on my own. And and at the time, I you know, I had just moved here permanently. I didn't have my circle of friends. Um, I was feeling a bit lonely and and I had time on my hands, frankly. And so yeah. my mum said, look, why don't you just 
start collecting all the family recipes and Beautiful. put them in a blog. Everybody's got a blog. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll start a blog. <laughs> and then I did. And all of a sudden people were finding people could it. relate. Yeah. And I don't really know how the algorithm served me in that sense that people started replying or sending messages and and it caught the attention of 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 publishers and so that then turned into a first book my the first Dolce book Silvia Scuccina Silvia Scuccina was the first one yeah that was the first one and it came you got in, five now yeah six one coming soon There's, yeah I'm starting shooting oh, the six I love song. your books they just they, you know what I love about and I've I I can say this because I've I've had your food. I've eaten at your yeah. house before. It's just, it's just honest. You're not here to reinvent the wheel or do something that's, you know, crazy and whack. You're just doing what you do love. And you can really tell when someone cooks, and it's cheesy to say, cook from their heart. But it's so true because it translates on the food. When you talk about it, you're just passionate. And when when you hear that and when you hear the way you speak, the food just instantly, it comes to life. It really does. Oh, thanks for saying that. It, 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 it oh, makes me want to cry. Oh, <laughs> it does come from a good place, the food that I cook, because it's a language of love. Yeah. And that's how I show people that I care and, yeah. you know, I'll bake a cake or I'll make cookies or, you know, I'll yeah. make a meal. And You're a feeder. I'm a feeder. <laughs> and I think... There's two things to observe there. Yes, I'm a feeder and all the and, and the sentiment that inspires me is definitely a sentiment of love. But there's also I mean, I get a lot back. Yes. I mean, it's not completely selfless. Yeah. There's definitely a part of me that enjoys giving that joy because mm. it makes me <laughs> feel good yeah. and I'm okay with that it's you know uh, yeah. know your limits and that's definitely you know that's yeah. it's it's not completely like without ego but yeah. hey people get a meal out of it so hey yeah and and you know it's so beautiful because going to your house it's like a celebration and you you know you're one thing after another you take something out of the oven and the next minute there's this whole platter of something else prepared in the other oven or like in on the stove yes, and like there's two ovens. In, there's, there's, <laughs> there's a lot going on which which I love because you do it so honestly and you don't even you don't think about it you just you just do you right and I think that's what people are very drawn to yeah so the and it's possibly that the recipes are simple and people and people make them and, and they it. work yeah. and so yeah. that's that's, that's a what little, you want right that's what I want I don't want anyone yeah. anybody to stress over my recipes because cucina means kitchen that's so right. it's like it's Sylvia's cucina so it's, it's your your kitchen your book your recipes passed down through generations from your mother your grandmother and that's just you know you show it in the book and people love it and people basically follow your recipes and that's why you've got such a good following and and I know, you know, you're probably just just modest, but <laughs> but your show is My now. My husband would disagree with you know? that. <laughs> <laughs> your show SBS on SBS Food Cook Like an Italian. Now that's on the fourth series. No, uh, we've shot we've shot two, and uh, we're uh, preparing for, for season three. Season three. Yeah, yeah, beautiful guys. If you haven't watched it. You have to watch it. You can watch it on SBS On Demand as well. And stay tuned and follow Sylvia because she's got you know, her books coming out. She's doing a lot in the food space, which is what I absolutely love. Yeah. Nice. 
Um, I do want to talk about the fact that you have three kids, you know, they're just teenage boys. Yeah. <laughs> a I've baby a, girl. A teen, a tween yeah. and a little girl. Little girl and a beautiful retriever. Yeah, she's very needy. Mabel. <laughs> um, so you have... I'd say just four kids. Thank yeah, you. let's just she, say four she kids. would appreciate because um, <laughs> she's she's part of the family. And <laughs> you have your cooking show. You have your cookbooks that you write. How do you juggle it all? Because at the moment, I am like barely on the surface here. Mm. I've you know obviously got a lot going on, and but I don't have kids. You know, you do. How do you juggle all of that? It, what I, what is your outlet? Oh, okay. No, you know, I've got what is, what's I your don't, outlet? I, to be honest, the juggling bit, I'm not good at in the sense that there's a lot Do of balls help? that are dropped. Not currently. So at the moment, Richard has been, has been home yeah. for the last little while, which has been amazing. Not just because there's another set of hands, but also because of that. But <laughs> it's just because it's just really nice to have some quality family time. And we were all together in lockdown. And that made lockdown much better for the kids and for Richard and I, um, and for the dog. She loved it. Um, because um, imagine being stuck apart. That would have been horrendous. And there was a chance that that could have happened. So we have together. You're a team. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, we've been able to tag team it mm -hmm. so that we've never had like a full-time nanny as such for extended periods of time there have been times where maybe we've had to hire someone for a couple of months I loved it I, I wish I could keep oh, or have a nanny like a yeah. living nanny oh it wasn't a living nanny but she lived nearby she so come, she could drop in yeah. in the morning help with school drop-offs and then come back in the afternoon help it was amazing but obviously it's not it's not something that we can afford all the time so no. when we're really uh, it, it's really intense we'll try and find someone that can come and that is happy to work with us for a limited period of time. And uh, and it's a really good investment because then it means that when we have family time, we're not too stressed yeah. about everything else. Yeah, you can relax and you can spend good quality time with the kids. Yeah. What we're not good at is identifying those times when we need the extra help. Okay. Because I don't know, maybe it's, a, it's, the, it's, it's because, an Italian mother's yeah. guilt in me that's... You have to spend it where oh. it's like, oh, well, I can do it. Yeah. I can. And it's not like I can't do it. Yep. I can. Yep. But I, maybe I do it with a little bit of, with a side of spite or a side of yeah, resentment. Right. So it's, it's not great, <laughs> you know, I, uh, to overstretch yourself. Yep. So if you can, and we don't have, you know, we don't have grandparents on hand, obviously. But if you have anyone you can rely on, yep. just don't, don't ever feel ashamed to ask. To ask. Um, it's no. also the art of like, I guess, art of letting go is quite, uh, it's quite skillful, isn't it? You have I'm, to. I'm learning. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting better at it. But though. I would say one of your outlets would be fitness. It is. It, you it are a, an is. avid, um, you go to CrossFit pretty much Most five days, days a week. Yeah. Five, well, six days. Yeah. Five, four or five. Yeah. Four to five days a week. I've seen you. I've seen you do pull-ups. Uh, <laughs> and the girl. You 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 can do a pull up or two <laughs> or ten. <laughs> well, um, I, when I can barely do one, but <laughs> it's a, it's it's a new skill 
Uh, being... No, you keep at it, which is which is good. I keep at yeah. it because uh, it really helps me with mental clarity. Yeah, with yeah. mental with that stuff, it's very very helpful. I find that if I have my endorphins raised to that level that you need to have them raised to sustain those kind of workouts, then my day is always a bit better if I've had a training session. Yeah, I'm just warning you. This morning I skipped it, so if I have a meltdown <laughs> at some point, you know why. And also I had a diet coke um, oh, uh, half an hour ago, so it's, it's not good. <laughs> so um, you're in adre- on adrenaline right now. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, yes, it could end really badly, but um, it, it 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 has helped me. I was never the athletic child. Uh, was you know wasn't the one that would be picked for the sports team and it didn't even crush me I did not want to be picked I was you know I was just not interested in yeah. in, in being fit in that in that uh. way and then it was only it was about five years ago that I realized that I just had to I had too Kick much yourself. energy yeah. and I just had to do something with it yeah. that was probably going to be more helpful and that has turned out to be really beautiful and I've met lovely people as well that I train with and now I've dragged Richard into it and yep he oh loves wow it too. yeah so we, we that's tend good to go together which is which is really cute oh my gosh that's <laughs> so good I think it's it's really important um you know I find even with me like my I I have to train if I don't train I feel uh, pardon me, but like a piece of shit. <laughs> and you know why? Because we, you know, we're, we're women. We work in the food industry. We're constantly surrounded by delicious, incredibly fatty, tasty, yeah, rich, have to taste salty it for quality food. control. Exactly. And, you know, when I don't have that outlet, if I don't exercise, I feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's really important, but not just not just for uh, the physical or aesthetic part, mm. but also for mental clarity. Yeah, and look, obviously, then there's a there's a reward that you can see that your body is responding to the training. But the thing that I find that's most interesting is every day when I go to to a training session, I read on the whiteboard what's ahead of me, and I just just want to collapse in yeah. a heap and just cry. <laughs> <laughs> but then an hour later you but feel then amazing. it's the same thing as when i'm presented with a music score for yep. the first time i look at it and i'm like oh no i never <laughs> do this and then you just do what you know you break it down yep. into its simplest parts yeah on monday i i, I mean I, I went away on the weekend and with a bunch of friends and it might have been like one of those biggish weekends uh-huh. that then you regret the next day but they'll me- memories forever exactly anyway i did go to the gym on monday and uh, look, I showed up. It wasn't my finest training session, but I was there. You were there. And even on the days when you think you're doing the bare minimum, the bare minimum is better than zero. Absolutely. You being there was the hardest part. It was. You showing up was the hardest part mm. and you 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 got there. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Thanks. I'm just conscious of time. So I'm going to ask you uh, one last question for today and I just want to know if you had any advice to give people on how, I, I guess for you, there's a few things that people can learn from how you, you know, you grew up in Italy, very Italian family. You obviously were very open to the world and very worldly. You moved to Australia. So there's a lot of things that you can learn from you in terms of like being open to different cultures, right? And And obviously you went from acting and singing into food and that's that's a very 
interesting move as well. Not a lot of people can say that they've done that and you have, but I think a lot of people can actually relate because what we talked about with your transition and your turning point from music and acting into food was the fact that you had this love and passion that you wanted to show. Mm. And yeah. Is and there, cooking is a creative act. Exactly. Yeah. Is there any advice that you can give for people who are wanting to, you know, like move from one industry to another? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, don't be your own stopper. Just um, if you've got a, an idea, if you've got a goal, don't let anyone get in the way of that, including yourself, because I find that a lot of a lot of the times it's us who make the excuses. Totally. And I know because I've done it a million times before and I, I wouldn't turn up to an audition yeah. because I was too scared of the rejection or yeah. and what okay, so then you get yeah. rejected. Yeah. So what? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. It's an it's it was a never, new probably experience. Probably never meant to be in the first place. I, I agree. And yeah. every single experience that you have I find that if, if we treat it as potential for growing, it's not necessarily going to be your success story yeah. or the stuff that is your legacy. Mm. But it's even if it's a complete failure, yeah, it's an opportunity to grow and to learn. And so just have a go. Yeah. Have a go. Yeah. Give it a crack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, Sylvia, Thank you so much for coming in. For those listening, if you want to follow Sylvia, you can find her on Instagram at Sylvia Kalaka Official. Yes. You can also get her books, which are sold online. Yeah. Um, where can we? When, yeah, bookstores. Online. Any bookstores. Um, yeah. The latest one is Cook Like an... Uh, no. Simple uh, Italian. Simple Italian. Yes. I love that book. That's beautiful. Thank you. And you can watch her show, Cook Like an Italian, on SBS Food or online on SBS On Demand. Absolutely. Thank you, Sylvia. Thanks, Diana. Okay.